Hello and welcome back to the Jessica Pinelli podcast. I'm Jess, your host and your favorite female empowerment coach. This is a safe space to speak about all things on mindset, relationships, business, sex, money, and life experiences. Get comfortable, get ready, and let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Jessica Pennelly podcast. I'm really excited. I have a guest on the podcast today. Laura has been on the podcast before, but ages ago. So I'm super excited to be able to have her back on the podcast, but I'm not going to introduce her. Laura can introduce herself and the amazing things she does in her online business. So welcome, Laura. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I feel like time goes by so quickly. I can't believe how many years has it been since I was on the podcast last? Like two or three? I think close to three years since you were on the podcast last. Oh, I was such a chicken nugget. Still a chicken nugget. But hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Laura. I am a Bali-based business coach. I live here in Bali with my rescue dog, Zoo, and I also have a rescue cat named Kitty, really lazy naming my cat's name. Obviously, I don't care that much about my cat. Sorry, all my cat lovers. Um, But yeah, I do business coaching. My favorite things to work on with my clients are personal branding. I feel like having a powerful personal brand in today's day and age is one of the most impactful and powerful things you can do because you can do so much with it, right? I think sometimes I know Jess is an empowerment coach. Sometimes we tend to box ourselves into just the coaching industry, but when you grow an impactful personal brand, you can do so much. So that's what I help my clients do. I love to work with women who are very multi-passionate and they don't necessarily want to niche down. They want to do a lot of things. And so I love helping my clients branch out and like become cute little, not cute little, but like influencers on TikTok or like help them launch a podcast or you know, get into doing retreats or like build out an offer suite that really aligns with their personal brand. So personal branding is my jam. And then I also love to help my clients with self-concept work. I am in such a flow with going to the beach every morning and doing a Dr. Joe Dispenza meditation. I'm obsessed with how I feel after. So I love helping my clients shift their identities because you can't necessarily have a powerful personal brand if you have all these limiting beliefs in who you know yourself to be and how you think others perceive you. So I do a bit of both masculine, feminine energy stuff, Mm. you know. I love that. And there's just so many things that I want to dive into. I think like before my brain and my Gemini brain goes everywhere, I just want everyone who hasn't listened to the podcast that we've done before or is brand new to either of our podcasts and and this episode, just give a little background. So for everyone that hasn't heard, I met Laura in Bali. That's how we met. And Laura was a little bit more deeper into the online business space than I was. Like when I went to Bali, everyone knows that was me starting fresh, quitting my job, getting into the online business. And I've loved to watch Laura's and to be very close friends with her, to also experience the evolution 
of her business and where she stands and how she holds herself on social media and creates her business and holds her clients. But I know you have a very interesting background that's completely different to where you were to where you are now um, and just in regards to self-concept. But what were you doing? Because you weren't always doing an online business. So who was Laura before she's Mm -hmm. kind of shifted into this current online business that she has created? Yeah, so I actually moved to Bali when I was 28 years old. So I was a pediatric oncology and bone marrow transplant nurse. Uh, I did that for four years. And then I traveled to Thailand for the first time, like finally made it out of America. And I fell in love with the freedom life. That's my biggest value. That's why I live in Bali. Like there is nothing like jumping on your motorbike with your dog mm-hmm. on your scooter. Like I, I, I pinch myself every day. I'm like, how is this my life? <laughs> and so I just needed freedom. And Yeah, I went back to America after visiting Thailand and I started a travel blog thinking travel blogging is like the way to go because I didn't, I'd never heard of coaching or anything. So I grew my travel blog quite a bit. I feel like my skill is in writing. I'm such a writer. Mm. And so I was loving it. I was learning Pinterest. I was learning how to grow on Instagram. That was when you could hack the algorithm. Like Mm. I won't lie. I was using bots and shit. And I was then uh, people were asking me like how I was growing so fast. So I started a cute little side hustle alongside of my nursing job, teaching influencers how to work with brands, how to hack the algorithm. Like Mm. back in the day, you could do like power likes and like you could Mm. pay for shout outs. Like we were so like, I don't know, like sleazy back then, like follow and follow. So I basically was naughty and teaching people all of the hacks, but it worked. I mean, I was able to Mm. grow 30,000 followers in a year doing all these like little sneaky, sneaky tactics. Um, And then I created a course about it. Um, (laughs) Of course, you can't sell that course anymore because none of those tactics work anymore. But yeah, my little side hustle just kept growing and growing. And little did I know I was growing a personal brand. And so eventually, uh, what ended up happening, I was like two I was like one foot in, one foot out of the nursing job. And because I'm a master manifester, I manifested getting fired. (laughs) So I took that as a sign. I I wasn't even spiritual back then. I didn't Mm. even know like the universe, blah, blah, blah. So I just, but I did like intuitively take it as a sign that I needed to, you know, quit my life in America and move to Bali. Mm. So I did. Um, I hired my first business coach in May of 2019 because I just didn't understand like, like I, I had a powerful personal brand and I, I had a course, but like, I just didn't know like the back end systems of things. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you put together a program? Like how, like what, like, like technology stuff. I just needed help with that. So I, I hired a course or a coach to help me with that. And I was off to the races. Um, my personal brand in the beginning, it was very, I was very much naive. Like I wasn't really looking at what other people were doing in the mm-hmm. online space. I was just kind of in my own lane. I didn't know that there were many coaches. Um, which was really great. Like being a naive is the best feeling. And so I was just writing how I naturally write, speaking how I naturally speak. Like I wasn't, yeah, I just wasn't in comparison of anyone else. And I was truly thriving. Um, And yeah, I think the longer that you're doing something, it's like the more, it's almost like the more knowledge that you have, like it almost hinders you in a way. Mm. So I feel like this year has been a year because I've worked with so many coaches in the past Mm. four or five years. I've, I've been business coaching now for five. I feel like this has been a year of authenticity for me. Like, how do I unlearn all of the things that I learned in the past two years? 
and just go back to my roots and like what I was fucking doing back in 2019 Mm. like when I was just fit in truth you know like I was Mm. just speaking from my heart because that's when it was really effortless and easy I feel Mm, I love that and you know Laura and I talk almost every day about biz about (laughs) manifesting we're also in human design we're both manifestors in human design so we relate on that wavelength as well and I think like that we've both been kind of on this for lack of a better word journey of finding our authenticity with number Mm -hmm. one who we are as individual women but also number two in the online space and how we run our businesses how we want to show up the clients we are attracting and I just want to touch on what you said because I resonate so much Laura with the first year in business I'm not going to sit here and say it was my most um I guess I didn't make the most amount of money in my first year however I feel it was like my most successful when it came to building up my business building up my client base putting out my voice because you're right I was so naive back in then back in 2019 when I started this coaching business it wasn't really a thing and I always say that it was more like who would you look after like Gary V and you know there was Joe Rogan podcast and Oprah Mm -hmm. and Mel Robbins Tony Robbins like all of them and so like the big gurus and so with what we experience now in business, there wasn't that. So I was naive and I was very similar to you. I was just like speaking my truth. There was no filter and there was no like, mm-hmm. this is the right thing to do or this is how you should run a business. But what I want to ask you, if we strip back, people who are listening who maybe have started an online business or maybe they're thinking about starting an online business, if they are not at the capacity, and and I think like invested, investing, I kind of want to go into a little bit later. But if right now they're like, I'm just starting, I'm brand new, what did mm-hmm. you really do? Because I always get this question like, okay, so you've started this business, you've had this form of success, you've made this money, you have these clients, but where do you actually start? And I know that sometimes mm-hmm. I have to really like stop and pause because I'm like, wait, what did I do in the first year of business? And what are the things that really skyrocketed my version of success and got me got a business off the ground? Because mm-hmm. I truly believe running a biz- business isn't easy. It's not. You know, everyone can be on their stories talking about, you know, running an online business is effortless and easy and there's all these components. And at the end of the day, it does require you to have discipline. It does require you to have focus. It's not made for everyone. So I guess the question is, what are the key things that you can remember, things maybe you still Mm -hmm. tap into about creating a business if you're right at the start and gaining that momentum? Yeah, I just remember I was always very vulnerable from the start. I had like, I never held anything back when I was struggling and when things were hard. And I almost feel like it took people along the journey. So I remember I took people along the journey of me creating my very first online course when I had no experience. Mm -hmm. And I just was not afraid to share it. Like I would go on my stories, I remember, and I would say, I'm about to host a live webinar with like 30 people tomorrow. I'm so nervous, but I'm also so excited. I cannot wait to have you. Like, it was just very genuine. And very um, like honest and real. And I was always just telling stories, like talking about how excited I was that I had just moved to Thailand, talking about how I just launched my very first online course. And like looking back at all my Instagram slides, like they were horrendous. Like it was so ugly. But back in the day, it wasn't necessarily about like beautiful aesthetics. Like your Mm. marketing didn't have to be so on point. But I think what really allowed me to grow was 
being vulnerable, just being myself and building relationships as well. I felt like every like new follower I got, I just like would talk to them in the DMs. I felt like I was having a lot of DM conversations back then. Mm -hmm. And I was really good at building relationships. And then the other part was value. I was giving a lot of free value away. And it's not necessarily like, like I was just only doing educational content, but I remember, and Facebook groups are not a thing these days, but I did have a Facebook group. And back then I was teaching um, mainly how to grow on Instagram. So I was doing like free trainings in my Facebook group, I remember, and giving a lot of value. I remember I would do like one free training a week for like two months. Um, and I was pretty consistent, but it was, for me, it was the storytelling, giving value, relationship building, like simple things, because at the end of the day, you have to remember the reason why people buy from you is because of how they feel Mm. when they're around you. And when, when they like hear you talk. So I think if you can, instead of like looking at somebody else and seeing how successful they are and trying to like emulate what they're doing. And like looking, like comparing yourself to maybe they're more confident and they have like a bolder voice or their voice is this way, or like they talk like this. It's more like, how can you like speak how you naturally speak, write how you naturally write, whatever mannerisms you use, do you curse? Do you not curse? Like, Mm -hmm. how can you just put that out there? Because when you do that, it's like your voice is a frequency. It's a vibration. Like you have this unique, like electromagnetic aura around you and so when you are not na- your most natural you're going your frequency is going to match someone else's who's an energetic mm. match to that and then they're going to be pulled into you but when you're kind of like not being your most authentic self and when you're trying to you know be more professional or be more this or be more that your frequency is like all over the place and you're mm. not attracting the people who are mm. meant to like be pulled in by your energy it's just a different vibration and so I think in the beginning, you might feel uncomfortable going on stories, you might feel like you're not a good writer, you might feel like you need to be doing it this other way, because she's doing it this way. But when you can kind of figure out your most natural way of writing of speaking, like, that is when you're in alignment, and like, your creativity is heightened, Mm. Um, content creation becomes easy, you're getting lots of ideas, like you're in a flow. So if you feel like, things are hard, you can't come up with good content, perhaps maybe you're overthinking you're in your head and you're not in your natural alignment of Mm. like, how you're naturally meant to be projecting yourself out into the world. So getting consistent with that is really powerful Mm. as well. Yeah, I love all of that. And I think there was a period of time probably at the beginning of last year and what where are we now 2023 maybe the beginning of 2022 and probably all of 2021 where I felt like I lost my voice a little bit I felt there was a little bit of overconsumption of what other coaches were doing what you know gurus were saying and everyone has their opinion everyone has their own values they're projecting and I feel like I definitely got swept up in my way but I resonate because one of the most powerful things I did when I started my business was I was always on my stories as if I was FaceTiming a friend and I was always just sharing my day or sharing like this is what I did or when I was a PT and this is how I moved into this and I definitely lost that a little bit and I think I've definitely been bringing that back into my content because 
that is my natural state. And I love that you have pointed that out. If it's not your natural state, if it's not flowing, if it's not easy, and I guess what I should point out, it doesn't mean that there's, again, there's not going to be times in business where it does feel hard, where it does feel clunky. That's law of duality. But I feel like when it comes to sharing who you are, your personal brand, what you're putting out there, vulnerability is key. The storytelling is key, but it's not don't look at storytelling like, okay, I need to come up with this story and it needs to have this magnificent story plot line. It's like, just share where you were, just share what you were doing. And I think when we're able to do that for our business, I think I fell into the part of, and let me know if you did, Laura, of you can't really share your most vulnerable self or true self because it's not professional. And I feel like for a little bit of time, I was kind of like, oh, I need to like water down myself because it's not the professional way or like what would my clients think or what would people I'm attracting? So for anyone listening, that's like, okay, this sounds really good. Number one, I'm scared to be vulnerable though. Number two, I'm scared it's not professional. What would you say to those people? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I definitely went through that in the beginning because in the beginning, like I wanted to always wear bikinis. I'm living in Bali. And I just remember like looking at other business coaches who are like wearing like sexy suits. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I need to be more like that. But again, like I'm not a corporate corporate girl. Like I'm a Bali girl. Same with like, I just, I just visited Sydney and like, I feel like the girls in Sydney, their makeup was always done up and they, you know, a lot of them have like fake boobs and like Mm. lip filler and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm not, I like, and then I was kind of getting in comparison and I'm like, I need to learn how to like do my makeup better and like be this, like, you know, like whatever girl. And then I'm like, wait, no, but I'm a Bali girl. Like, this is me. I'm a Bali girl. Like I'm a hot Bali girl. I don't Mm. have to be a Sydney girl. It's like, we get so stuck in comparison of everyone else. Um, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. What was your question? Like, what would That's you fine. say? We love tangents. <laughs> so, no, we love that. We love that. And I think like it brings into the comparison trap, which you can talk about as well. But I guess for anyone that's saying like, I'm scared to be vulnerable. I'm scared to, oh. you know, like I said, okay. I sometimes imagine. Yeah. I imagine that I'm it's FaceTiming just- a friend. So what would you do if they're scared and have fear around that? It's just like, we crave human connection. We crave relatability. Like if anyone's on TikTok, the content that goes viral, Mm. is just like a relatable piece of content where, you know, you're just brushing your teeth, doing, removing your makeup. And then you're just having like a little chat or Mm. you're posting like a little like paragraph about like your thoughts, like, oh my gosh, I just moved into this Bali villa. Uh, I'm so excited for this next chapter in my life. Like after like having a really hard year in the beginning, now I'm moving into this new era. I can't wait. Like just being really relatable because I think last year it was very trendy to come off as more professional. It was Mm. like literally a trend. Like I remember back last year, coaches were really bragging. Um, I won't call any names, but I remember just seeing coaches bragging about how clients were paying them like $20,000 $20,000 for Voxer mm. coaching, but then you're not allowed to send more than a one minute. Mm. Yeah. It was oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Or like my clients pay for private coaching a hundred thousand dollars, but mm. they don't even come to calls. They don't even need all their calls. And I'm like, the yeah. fuck is this kind of marketing? And then it's almost like people were like shaming people for mm. like mm. asking questions. And like, it was just this very like, let me show you how professional I am, how amazing I am, how like on the pedestal I am. And now I think with 
the rise of TikTok and everything, people just want to see the raw and real. Like they want to see vulnerable. They want to see the real you unfiltered. They want to see that you're not on a pedestal. You're actually like Mm. same wavelength. You know what I mean? It's like we crave authenticity and relatability. Um, It's not going to, if you talk about your struggles, it's not going to make someone not want to work with you. Mm -hmm. It's going to make them want want to work with you is what I found. The more I talk about like, you know, I'll do an Instagram caption or a post and I'll be like, you know, this month was really fucking hard. Like navigating a breakup. I'm going through this thing. I have this thing going on. The sales didn't flow, but I know why it's because like anxious attachment style, I'm working on it. It's fine. Like people love that shit. It's so Mm. relatable. Like it doesn't, you don't have to be professional and always be winning. That's not, that's Mm. not reality. Um, Mm. It makes people, it honestly makes people want to work with you more when you just like spit the truth. So like, and it grows your personal brand as well. So like what Jess was saying about just like, like creating content based on just like, just like your thoughts that are going on in your head. Like you can create for yourself like an hour flow bubble where you're in your most creative, like kind of choosing what time of the day you're most creative and then just sitting there and creating a piece of content from your thoughts what's going on in your head in that moment and just riffing and posting and ghosting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like you hit the nail on the head when it comes to, we crave human connection and like TikTok is such an amazing example because if you look at all the TikToks you consume that you're like, fuck yeah, like I relate to that. It's people who have just like woken up or you're right, brushing their teeth or brushing their hair. And they're like, let me tell you this story or let me tell you this fuck thing that's happened to me. And it's like, oh my God, that's happened to me as well. And I think like, just coming back to what I said, if you're sitting there and you're feeling like I can't be vulnerable or it's too hard, remember that. What are the things that, this is one thing that I really like to think of. What do I like consuming? Like genuinely love consuming what lights me up or what what keeps me going back to a creator whether it's on Instagram TikTok or YouTube what keeps me wanting to listen and look at them and watch what they're doing it's when they are not putting up this perfect in quotation marks front of who they are or what their business is and even going back to what you said about other coaches I think there was such a huge maybe for lack of a better word trend of coaches who were yet acting professional and saying like this is how much people are paying me and my stripe accounts and all of that and you know this is the thing if if that's what you're doing that's your marketing thing keep doing that but I also believe that there is so much and this is for everyone listening as well there is so much shame marketing out there and I think targeting people in a way that isn't very nice and is actually created to instill more fear not shift your beliefs not empower you it is very disempowering and I do agree with that Laura as well and I think that's why and, and Laura and I outside of this have had many many discussions on this but this is why you know we mute people we unfollow people we don't consume that content because it does get in your head it does al- allow you to create a narrative about what you're doing and how you should be doing something I also believe that when it comes to creating a business, one thing that stops a lot of women, men, whoever is listening to this, is actually the fear of just starting it. So what would you say to people that are like, okay, I've got everything ready. I hear what you're saying. But every time I go to post or write a caption or go on my stories, I just have this fear and I stop myself. Mm. Yeah, I had this fear with launching my podcast. Um, Mm. 
I feel like at the core of all of us, uh, we have a fear of like every single person has the fear of like, maybe like I'm not good enough or it's not going to be good enough. Like the good enough limiting belief, Mm. like I'm not good enough. It's not going to be good enough. Um, And that's how I felt for like, I wanted to launch a podcast for years and I was like, I don't know enough. I need to keep learning. Like I really value knowledge, Mm. but at the end of the day, like, I think what was keeping me from starting the podcast was I was thinking too far ahead. Like you have to kind of like, for those of you who love NLP, it's like, you have to chunk down to like, what's the very Mm. next step. And Mm. I think sometimes you're thinking too far ahead. Like you're like, you want 10,000 followers and you're just like thinking so far out in the future. And you're like, I'm never going to get there. Like, I don't even want to do the first post because it's so far away. And like, I was also with the podcast, making it a bigger deal than what it needed to be. So I was overcomplicating it. I was making it like this big thing. Like I, and it's just like, no, you just need to literally like chunk down into what is the first thing that I need to do instead of looking so far out. Mm. I love that. And I agree with the NLP technique chunking down. It's just the micro steps. What's the very first thing? Stop thinking so far ahead. I feel like at the start of my business, I really struggled with this because I'm like, okay, this is what I want, but it seems so far away from where I am. And that's what really hindered me. And I will say that I'll be really honest and to everyone listening, that's what hindered me from probably, you know, I don't regret anything and we never should. Everything's a learning, learning thing. But I feel like that's what hindered my progress a lot of the time was I was like, okay, I have this great idea or this is what I want to do. Oh shit there's so much space in between Mm -hmm. doing it to where I want to be and I really believe that you have just I know it sounds so cliche for everyone listening but you really just have to take the first micro step the very Mm -hmm. first thing and then you gain the momentum you gain the consistency and it's like this snowball effect once you start somewhere you can keep going and would you agree with that Laura? Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's like, even with me starting a new TikTok, I'm like, I want to have like 500,000 followers on TikTok. But then it's like, just get like the first one follower, like do Mm -hmm. the first post, get good at creating the content, get find your group, like you have to find your group and like get consistent. So it's almost like, just like figuring out how you're going to have fun with it and enjoy the journey. And yeah, as you said, take those micro steps and don't think like have your big goals. I mean, Bill Gates always says like we overestimate what we can Mm. do in one year and underestimate what we can do in three. So like every day when I'm doing my visualizations, I'm always visualizing what I want to achieve in three years, Mm. but then I have to remember just to take the first step. Yeah. And stop over, over, we overcomplicate things as well. Like Social media is really easy. Remember what I said, like, it's just like, how do you, how are you going to make people feel good? Mm. Like, that's why for those of you who follow like alpha femme, like Mm. makes so much money, like $40 million brand. Um, she just makes people feel good. Like Mm. that's why people love her. Like you just listen to her lives and you just feel amazing. She does Mm. such a good storyteller. I just feel like we over, yeah, we overcomplicate things. Like how can you simplify? How can you chunk down? um have your big visions but mm. yeah chunk it down and uh, even too like but I like to have different like themes of the week um so you may not have started your online business quite yet if you're listening or you may have but like I don't overcomplicate my day like I'll have one like I do the same needle driving activities every day like there's three that I'll do every day and then I have one big task for the day so like 
uh, today, like my big task is to record for the podcast. I have like one big task. And if I get that done and if I feel like doing another task, I will. And then I just do my needle driving things, like create a piece of content, sell on my Instagram stories. Mm. And now it's like make my TikToks because <laughs> mm. content is needle driving. You have mm. to create a, you, you have to make content. You have to sell. I, I, and I also too, what I found is like doing those things early when I'm most creative. Cause if I'm like trying to sell and post at 11 PM when I'm like in bed, like last night, I remember I was like trying to sell my mastermind and I like forgot a call to action. I'm like, what the heck? I, my story <laughs> posts were like all jumbled. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is going on? Um, but see, I just yeah. want to point that out. No matter how long you've been in business, no matter how much money or success anyone has, remember you still make mistakes and you're still learning and you're still refining. I think that's important. And yeah. I really want to highlight what you said for anyone in business. This is, it would say fairly new concept, but I feel like over the past year and a half, two years, always asking myself every single day. It's similar to what I say. And anyone who listens to my podcast know I'm always like take 1% of messy inspired action. But what are the needle moving things to do in your business? And I think a big focus for me this year has been content. And I know that, you know, for the past few years, I've been putting out content. It's not like I haven't, but it's definitely one of the main things that I focus on throughout the day. But I want to ask you, Laura, again, people who have just started or are brand new, what would you say are the top needle moving things to focus on daily? And even, I want to preface this, even when you don't, you can't be bothered or you're in a bad mood or you had a fight with your partner, what's the 1% Mm -hmm. you could still put in towards your business? Mm, That's a really good question. I mean, as you said, content, like... Mm -hmm having a strategy in place. And I know like with content, it can feel like overwhelming. So you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to post, but I kind of look at content as a way to get visible. So like I look at my content from a place of like, like maybe three posts per week, I'll do content that's going to get me in front of new people. So that would be finding a trending sound or like creating a very polarizing piece of content that's going to get shared or just like sharing my, my thoughts, my, my beliefs, things like that. Like how, like thinking what kind of con- content is going to stop the scroll. Cause we have to also be thinking, how are mm. we bringing new people into our world? Cause if you're always posting on stories, that's great. Um, but like your stories aren't getting in front of anyone new. So I always am posting to my stories to nurture my current audience, but then I'm also thinking what content can I do to get me visible? Like what's my visibility strategy? And then other posts through the week, maybe I'll do more personal brand or more like niche specific content surrounding like my, my business. So Mm -hmm. I kind of blend like 50, 50 personal brand type content with like visibility type content. But at the end of the day, like content, like Mm -hmm. you have to be, cause you have to think of your Instagram like a storefront or your social mm-hmm. media as a storefront. And it's like, if people come to your page and you don't have anything posted to your stories, like maybe they don't follow you that day. So I'm always posting on my stories to nurture. I do try to do a piece of content every day. Um, and then because I'm a business, like I sell every day. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people aren't selling quite enough. And the whole point of selling, I mean, yeah, of course you want to sign clients and you want to make money and you want to fill your programs, but you also have to be thinking about how people's like interest spans and their attention spans are decreasing. Mm. And so 
um, you want to be selling consistently because you want to be building awareness around the offer that you have. So like, let's say you're trying to fill your one-on-one spots, but maybe you're only talking about the fact that you do one-on-one coaching once per week or three times per month. That's just not enough. Like when I want to fill spots of a program, I'm going to talk about that program like five days a week, Monday through Friday. Um, and different, of course, in different ways, I'm not just going to blast the same cute little canvas story graphics every day. Mm. Like I'm going to do it in different ways. Um, but like the main goal, even if like people aren't signing up in that first week, that's okay. Because now people know that I have an offer and they're aware of it. And so like maybe one day they watch an Abraham Hicks video and they just get so inspired and, and the vibes and they're like, okay, I'm going to go and buy Laura's offer. Versus if you never really talked about it, like people come into money all the time, people get bonuses, like things happen. Um, but if you're not talking consistently about what you're selling, then people are going to forget. I love that you brought up the selling point. I think it's very important when you're starting a business. And in fact, even if you're listening to this and you're five years, 10 years into business, what would you say to someone listening that go that will say, okay, I will sell, but I also feel like I'm being salesy or I don't want to sell every every single day because what if people get sick of me? I know what I would answer, but I know your answer to this. So I would love for you to share it. Yeah. So I used to feel quite salesy. Um, So what I actually ended up doing was I stopped selling in my feed. Like sometimes I do, not often. So like I was always taught every single Instagram post you do, you have to have a call to action. Like you can't not have a call to action. Um, But then it was like, I was also selling on my Instagram stories every day too. So my system now is I look at my Instagram as a place where people can come binge my content, learn about me, get some value, fall in love with me, blah, blah, blah. But then when they go to my stories, that's where I'm selling every day. Mm. Um, So I'm not selling on my gram necessarily. I'm selling in my stories. And then I'm also selling at the PS of my email list. So Mm. I have my email list and then I'll have my email. And then at the very PS, it'll be like, PS, I have X spots available for Ascension Mastermind. Here's what it is. This is for you, blah, blah, blah. So I sell every day on my email list and my stories, not the feed. And that makes me not feel so salesy. Mm. But I think it's important to highlight that you in one way or another, whatever anyone is resonating with, with what you just said is you need to be selling every single day. Because if you think about the percentage, and again, it doesn't matter how many people, how many followers you have. Yes, of course, if you have more followers, it's going to be a bit of a higher percentage of people seeing your stuff. But you also got to think that I, it used to be, this was years ago, 17 touch points until someone made a decision now Mm. I know it's a lot more I don't know the exact figure but I know it's a lot Mm. more touch points um Mm. of until someone makes a decision that they're going to be sold on you or not sold on you but you also got to think let's just say I think it's something ridiculous like 50 touch points now just because of our attention spans and and Mm -hmm. what we are if you think about 50 pieces of content if that is 50 touch points some one individual is not going to see all 50 pieces. So you have to go to think just like what you said, Laura, people are going to consume your in feed. And then one day they're not going to see that they're going to see your stories. And then maybe one day they only listen to your podcast. They don't see your stories. You got to think about the consistency with the selling, mm-hmm. the consistency of even, you know, if we go back to what we said at the start of this podcast episode of the storytelling, of sharing why you've created what you have, of, you know, the everything I truly believe, and this comes into personal brand, should be infused with 
okay, this is who I am and this is why I'm selling what I'm doing and for people to get that vibe. And I'm sure just like you, Laura, I have definitely just found someone random on Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, I love everything that you're you're putting on. I love everything in your in-feed. I love everything on your stories and all the extra bonuses. So I think it's really, really important to know that we should be selling or at least sharing our beliefs and who we are as a coach, whatever type of coach. So someone can understand that. I think that's important. And I have definitely been in the boat where I have landed on someone's Instagram. I've consumed a little of their infeed and they haven't had a story that whole day. And I'm like, oh my God, I was falling in love with you. And now like, I don't know what you're selling. I, I don't know what you're doing. And I think that is only doing yourself a disservice as a coach if you're not in some capacity selling. So in saying Mm -hmm. that, another question when it comes to selling, would you, I know how you sell, but for everyone listening, would you always do it in a way that's like, okay, this is my program, DM me or click this link. What are the different ways that you are currently selling your offers? Yeah. So I feel like it's, each offer is a bit different, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the type of person who wants to be in your one-on-one coaching is a different person who would mm-hmm. buy a passive online course is different than someone who would want to join a mastermind, right? But right now, like what I'm selling is my mastermind. And so like every day I'm going in my stories, but I'm selling a mastermind in a different way. So maybe one day I'll go on my stories and I'll talk about how my client is struggling with um, like feeling authentic, authentic on social media. Um, this is what we worked on on the call. This is like the process that I'm taking her through. And um, if like you're you're like someone who like really wants to thrive and be authentic, like I have this mastermind, blah, blah, blah. And then like maybe another day I can go on my stories and sell it in a different way. Maybe that day I want to talk about my client's favorite module in the program and why it's her favorite module in the program. Like my clients are working through self-concept work and these are the results that they're mm. getting in their external reality through self-concept work. Okay, cool. Maybe in the next day, um, I want to talk about a specific pillar that we focus on in the program, mm. which is like masculine strategy and why that's important and why this is going to help you like, ex- like succeed and talk more about like the transformation you can experience when you add some masculine systems into the business. And then maybe another day I would talk about like some client wins and like what my clients are moving through and where they were before joining the program and what, what they're moving through now. It's like, there are so many different ways you can sell a program. Like you don't always just have to do the basic, like, you know, this is for you if Mm. Da, 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 da. and this is the transformation and this is what's in the program. Like sometimes people just want to know, like, what is the behind the scenes and like, mm. what are your clients, like how, how, how are they relating to the clients that are in the program? Um, so that's kind of like what I like to do, but mm. I've noticed that like sometimes like I try and sell every single day and lately I've been a bit lazy. And so it's like, it'll get to like 10 PM and I'm like, Oh, I have to go on my stories and sell but then my brain's not working and then mm-hmm. I just try and whip some shit together and I swear it doesn't land as good so that is actually I get something that, that I'm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah so the energy I believe it's the energy behind I feel like the past week again we're always on similar vibes <laughs> I've been like that honestly it's like 7 p.m after dinner and I'm like fuck I need to I need to sell yeah. now and I'm like writing up this Instagram story and I know yeah it's not fresh and as energetic as if I was to like, let's say if I wrote one to post later after this podcast episode, because this is inspiring for me, this is good energy. 
that is going to yeah. be a lot different than me after dinner, tired as fuck after my day. Like, okay, let's write something up. So on that, I think that's very, very important. Yes, we've done a lot of the strategy in today's episode, but I think like the energy behind selling needs to be there. And I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with other coaches. You can tell when a coach is selling and they've had a really bad day or they're, they're into the offer versus when they are actually loving it. They're inspired by the offer. They're like, this is the best thing. I have watched coaches that the thing they're selling doesn't relate to me. Like I don't need it whatsoever, but I'm like, holy shit, I'm sold on your energy. I'm sold mm. at this story and I don't even need this. It's not an investment. I I know I don't need, it doesn't relate to me. And so I think that's very interesting and such a good thing to point out is like also think about your energy behind the selling and the offer. And I believe if you really can't back your offer and be able to share the importance in all different ways, like Laura said, whether that's with testimonials, what you did with your clients, you know, the story behind why, et cetera, et cetera. It's probably time to actually drop in and to ask yourself, why am I selling this? Why did I create this? There have been many ideas that I have had and I'm like, I just can't connect to it. Like it's a good idea, but I I actually can't connect to it. I couldn't sit for a whole hour and speak about it, even though it seems like a good idea. And I think that there is also, again, for lack of a word, but a trend of coaches now who are selling 5 million different things every single week like there's a new thing and Mm. it doesn't mean that you only because Laura and I both don't just sell one thing we sell several things different tiers different price points for different types of women but I have noticed that there are coaches now that obviously just get an idea and I believe this is my own projection of values just because you have an idea doesn't mean that you should roll with it to sell at that point in time And I'm seeing Mm -hmm. so many coaches who quite literally have about 50 containers that they are selling. And I'm like, you could quite easily just condense this into like three really, really good containers. So what are your thoughts around Mm -hmm. that, Laura? Yeah. So that's actually one of the reasons why I created Ascension Mastermind is my biggest value and like my word of the year is simplicity. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have tons of offers to make a lot of money online. And with Mm -hmm. that, what I'll say too is, and this is your value as well Is like, we focus a lot on results and we want our clients to get good results. But if you're just whipping up an idea, an offer based off of every idea that pops in your head and just like launching it, are you actually thinking about the client experience mm. and the end journey and their transformation? Because when I create an offer, I think about what is the end result I want my client to experience? How, and then how am I going to get them from point A to point B in the quickest way possible? What's the framework? What's the process? What are like the, the different pillars? Like, how am I going to get them there? And I sit with it and then I go through it myself. I take maybe some of my private clients through it, get proof of concept. And then I'm like, Mm. okay, great. Like this works. This is going to get results. And when you're good at something and you get results, like people talk. And I feel like I was in a container where there was just like a brand new offer launching every single week. And it didn't, work well with my nervous system. Um, Mm. I didn't have a very good client experience. It was like so many different, like one hour calls, a lot of fluff, a lot of just, yeah, like you could just tell it wasn't really thought out, but like for someone who has shiny object syndrome, 
maybe in human design, you have like a defined sacral with an open head. So you just like, you know, Mm -hmm. like just kind of, you get urges all the time and you're just like, you love stuff like that. It's great. But for the sake of your nervous system, like it's better to be, have like a, some like, in my opinion, have a simplistic business model with offers that get results. And so I had to simplify my business down and get rid of a lot of offers. I had to simplify my model. Um, and I actually ended up making a lot less money when I was launching more offers. I know you may not think that that's like a possibility. You may have this belief after watching lots of coaches that you need to have lots of offers Mm. to make lots of money. That is actually not true at all. Um, what I found was the, the most powerful business model you can have is a leveraged model meeting, meaning that you have some form of like a, a set, like ideally you want it to be an ever enrolling offer, but you can have a launch model to start, but it's like a leveraged high ticket offer, whether it's a mastermind, a high end group program, a like higher end, like membership. I wouldn't say necessarily like a low ticket membership because you need a lot of volume, but like higher end, like that. And then maybe you have an offer suite with like some signature offers, but all roads lead to like that one main mm. offer. So every time I'm doing a low ticket paid workshop or I have a niche specific course or a group program, I'm always still talking about the leveraged offer, which is for me, it's a mastermind because it's high ticket. I'm not, I can have like a lot of women inside. I'm not doing one-on-one calls in there. It's leveraged. Um, Mm. And you don't, I think what was happening for me was like, I was launching a brand new offer every single month. And each offer you create is a business in and of itself. It has Mm. its own branding, its own marketing, its own messaging, its own ideal client. Like if you don't have a big team, even like having a model of like launching a new offer all the time, isn't going to work for you because a lot of these coaches have a big team that can do the Mm. design for them, can do the sales pages, can do all this back end stuff versus you're just going to be like burning yourself out eventually. Mm -hmm. And I like, when I was launching a new offer every month, I wasn't talking about the main offer that I wanted everyone in, which is the mastermind. That was what was making the most money and the most recurring revenue. It's like I was spending all my time in the cre- in creation mode of these offers, getting maybe like 10 people or less into a, like a, a mid-ticket group program, but then like never talking about the mastermind. And then it was like my income went down. Because all I really wanted was people to be for people to be in the mastermind, but I was never talking about it because all my time was spent in creation mode. It's just not, it works for a while. Yes. Like you could probably do it for like a year or two years, but then you're just going to burn the fuck yeah. out. It's not, it's not sustainable. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad that you brought up like the nervous system part because it's not sustainable. You can do it and then you will enter burn enter burnout. And I think like we've both experienced that. And I think anyone who's a few years into online business has definitely experienced burnout because it's also like, okay, what's the next best thing? But I love that you brought up a lot of these coaches get this idea and then they're like, okay, yep, that sounds really fucking cool. Let's just run with it. All right, here's a, a random fucking prize. Um, and we're just gonna talk about, I don't know confidence or we're going to talk about marketing or messaging or we're going to talk about you know in your power whatever the fuck it may be but it's not thought out Mm -hmm. they don't know the exact transformation they don't know and I know for both of us we're very congruent in every single offer that you and I both have now it's about I we can sit and be like this is what you're going to expect at the end of this and that's how it should be so for anyone that is listening new in business starting a business or again, a couple of years in, 
just look, the most simple thing you can do, look at your offer slash offers and just ask yourself, what is the transformation? What what am I, where am I trying to get the clients that I am wanting to come into this from A to B? What does it look like? And I fully believe in you need to be able to fully articulate that and be able to speak about that because if you can't, it may be the best idea. It may have the best branding, the best name. You know, you may have the best Instagram slides, but that doesn't matter. If you can't articulate how you are going to transform people's lives and what it's going to do for them, because you got to think about why you buy. Everything that you buy, it doesn't have to be an investment in coaching, but anything there is an end result from your food shopping to the shoes that you're going to buy to that coach you're investing in. And so I think it's really important you brought that up because I think the the caliber of programs that is out there now is absolutely fucking insane, but it's also like, what is the end result of this? Yeah, it sounds really good and your branding looks really, really fancy, but there's no substance in that. Mm-hmm. So I think being able to create the substance behind that. So I love that we brought that up. Um, although I could continue speaking on and on, and maybe we'll need to do a part two in the next couple of months, Laura. What I wanted to kind of end this with that I think is a little bit fun is what are your favorite things about living in Bali and also the things that you miss either about like, you know, America or the Western world, or I know you spent a bit of time in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love the freedom of Bali. Like, I feel like because everything is kind of close and it's very mm. convenient here, you you get a lot done in the day. I feel like time is different. So like when mm. I was in Australia, I'm like, okay, I need to, because I didn't have a car there. So I was like, I need to go to the workout class. But then the workout class is like a 25 minute walk, which I love walking, no problem. Um, but then my friend was like in another suburb. So I'd, I didn't know how to take the bus. So I was just like Ubering everywhere and stuff. And it was like, I just felt like even to go to the gym and come back like three hours of my day versus here in Bali, I just feel like you can get so much done in yeah. a day because everything's close and you just jump on your scooter. So yeah. like, it's like I can go to the beach in the morning and do a meditation and then I can come back and like do this podcast and then I can go to a cafe and then I can go to my workout class. And then tonight um, I'm going out for my girlfriend's birthday. It's Thursday night. So we're going to go dancing all night. It's like the freedom here is amazing. Mm. And I just feel like the energy as well. Like when I first landed in Australia, the energy felt like very dense. Like it's a city. I I was in Sydney. And then when I come to Bali, I just feel light. And the people here are so like loving and kind. Like they, they just have such a good outlook on life. Like they don't have much, but they're just very grateful and very sweet. And like would do it like they're just the, the kindest people ever. So like, I just feel uh, like my heart opens more when I'm here, I guess. Like, yeah, there's that. And then the food is really great. Like I, we have this app in Bali called Gojack and you can just order food. It's the best app ever invented and so cheap to order as well. And with you and all of this and like on the time thing, I just feel like time hits differently in Bali. Like I feel, look, saying what you said, I feel like I used to get so much done and achieved. Not that I don't now, but also it's just like I've done so much in Bali and it's only like 11 a.m. And then here it would be like 5 p.m. And I'm like, fuck, I still have so much to do. 
it's so, so weird I, yeah. I don't I don't understand it it's the most bizarre thing <laughs> it's like yep. time is like warped here but then also I feel like a year goes by really fast here but like in the in a day you just feel it feels more spread out mm. but I feel like it's just like that because everything is so close like you just hop on your scooter and just do all your things I don't know and then like when I was in Australia I didn't it was cold there it yeah was so I didn't want to get out of bed I don't know and then the other part to Bali is like the adventure so like this weekend I'm going to Uluwatu which is like cute little surf town and like two two hours away now with traffic it's like heating in Bali it's so busy um but yeah like there's just so much to do here like there's adventure like I I there's you never run out of things to do mm-hmm. um so it's just like the best of everything like good community good food everyone here is very into health and wellness like you there's very spiritual so like you can do your sauna ice bath cold plunge all the things you can go get like a reiki reflexology session mm-hmm. by like a psychic Balinese woman you can go to a kundalini activation like I would I went to a retreat the other week like there's just so much it's just mm. ugh, it's the best place for an entrepreneur too like yeah the other day I was so busy I just like sent a gojack to for someone to go to ace hardware and buy like me buy me clothes hangers because I was like just busy like it's just ugh, it's the best um and then like things I miss like it's, it's not really like a bad thing but like I miss like like Amazon <laughs> like just like online shopping yes online like, shopping just- is so hard in Bali you just can't do it. Yeah. Um, so I would say like that's the only thing, honestly. That's and I so would American. Say, like, <laughs> I would say walking because it's hectic here. You can't yeah. walk anywhere unless you're on the beach. But I don't like walking on the beach because like it's just like hot and you're sweaty and stuff. But like <laughs> walking, like I loved being on third Australia. world problem. Yeah, I loved walking in Oz and doing like the coastal walk was so nice. Um, mm. And then the last thing I would say that I miss. Um, is like grocery shopping like in Bali you don't cook because like the restaurants have really lovely nice food but mm. then like when you go to the markets you're like that like low flat like broccoli just looks it looks unwell like you don't want to buy it there's like fresh produce here is like not a thing <laughs> like, yeah. you don't wanna, you don't want to cook here really like it's not like none of the villas have ovens mm. like it's just not a place that you cook and so it's just not a thing it's not a thing when I was there I was like I think I cooked like this was just before I came back to Australia and I was living with Steph who's another Bali friend of ours and I think we cooked a couple of times because that's when the pandemic hit and you Mm. couldn't really go to Pepito and stuff and Mm. even then we like cooked an omelet and then the rest of the meals we ordered because I'm like this is so fucking weird for Bali and when I got back to Australia I was like I've been away for 14 months now I don't even know how to cook myself something yeah yeah oh my gosh you should have seen like when I was trying to cook last or two weeks ago when I was in Sydney like I just I didn't even remember how to like oil the pan properly I'm I'm like I'm gonna cook chicken on a pan and then like you know how you're supposed to like make the pan hot and then put oil on I'm like total opposite and then I'm like getting sprayed by oil I put the chicken on it's like burning the oil spraying all over the kitchen and I'm like like I was doing like a house swap like and I was just like I'm like ruining this girl's kitchen because I just don't know what the fuck I'm doing (laughs) oh my god it's so funny just the differences right and the different lifestyle but one thing I do miss is riding a scooter I loved it. It's yeah. just like, like you mentioned this at the start, it's so freeing. You just get on a yeah. scooter, you're riding, there's all the rice fields. It's just yeah. one of the most freeing things. So yeah, I agree with that. 
you know what's funny that. is I was listening to Lewis House. Yeah. Lewis yeah. House. Okay. Yeah. So he was saying that like, obviously he probably has like very rich, but he has a Vespa. <laughs> and he said that like, he said when he like Vespas to work, like all these McLarens and like mm. fancy like cars went past him. And he just said he loves being on his Vespa. He's like, it's the best feeling. I feel so free. Like, I think it's so funny. Like, I was like, oh my God, it's so true. Like, I know what you mean, Lewis. Like, I love that. <laughs> scooter he, life. Yeah, he's like a multimillionaire. And there's probably all these people yeah. in the McLarens and Lamborghinis. Like, oh my God, yeah. look at this guy. Little do they yeah. know he's a multimillionaire. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I love the feeling. Like, I don't need to kind of show off my wealth yeah. or anything. I'm just like living my life. <laughs> mm, yeah, I really like him. Um, okay. Thank you. I love that, Laura. Where can everyone find you? I will leave everything in the show notes below, but where can they find you? What's the best way to work with you at the moment? What do you want to plug? Amazing. Okay, so uh, my favorite platform is the Gram. You can find me at the femme underscore CEO. Um, message me there. Do not email me. I like don't open my emails. Never on Facebook. I swear Facebook people message me and I don't answer for like six months. I'm like, LOL, sorry. Um, and then working with me wise, I do have my mastermind. That is like my favorite offer. It is for you. If you are looking to grow to consistent five figure months through, as we talked about on this podcast, like simplicity. Uh, so uh, it's, it's uh, a blend of like self-concept identity work, but then we also bring in some masculine systems and strategies to the business. So the things we chatted about in the podcast, like visibility, personal branding, messaging, uh, like email lists, like helping you just put together some simple structures so that your feminine can flow. So mm-hmm. I love masculine, feminine balance. That's my jam. Um, and yeah, if you just vibe with like, you have similar values of just simplicity, freedom life, like I'm not about working 10 hour days. So mm-hmm. helping you just put together a really efficient business I Mm. would say like the most needle driving things um so that's the mastermind I love it it's very intimate there's never more Mm. than like four people on a call um and it's freaking awesome the girls are really fun we we have a lot of laughs and like lots of vibes there's a whatsapp chat it's a good time so if you also are someone who maybe has been taking your business too seriously like Mm. I'm all about like fun so it's, it's about bringing that passion and excitement and bliss and fun back into your business and like not taking it so seriously so that you can really become a magnet to what you want. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's good times in there. I so, love that. Yeah. And that's what we want. Simplicity and fun when creating a business. Yeah. We overcomplicate everything as, as humans, because I feel like, I don't know, we like to overcomplicate things because then it gives our ego a boost. We're like, Ooh, yeah. like I, I achieved yeah. this hard thing, but like, yeah. no simple baby simple yeah simple thank you so much laura i'm going to leave all of those details in the show notes below i'm sure that soon we will do a part two to this as well because there's so much to uh, speak about but thank you so much i appreciate you love you and i'll see you soon Bye. bye